Welcome back to Lethal. Let's talk about death row inmates. This week, I'll be covering a Georgia death row inmate. This week, I'll be covering a Georgia death row inmate. I'll be covering Carlton Gray. You may know him as the Stalking Strangler. Okay, you know the drill. Before we jump into the case, let's go over Georgia death row facts. In Georgia, there are three offenses that are punishable by death. The crimes are rape, murder, and kidnapping. Male UDS inmates are housed at Georgia Diagnostic and Classification Prison and females are held at the Arendale State Prison. There's one woman on Georgia death row and 38 men. The method of execution is lethal injection. Electrocution was abolished in 2001 in Georgia. If the prosecution is seeking the death penalty, the sentence is decided by the jury and the votes must be unanimous. If one juror votes against the death penalty, it will be a hung jury, meaning during the punishment phase of the trial, the sentence will be a life sentence with no retrial. This week, I kept the background short and sweet, so let's jump right into it. So once again, I have a glass of wine and I'm ready to jump into this case. I'm drinking a cab this week. If you ever want the details on my wine, let me know. So this week, I'll be covering inmate number 418-413, Carlton Michael Gary, also known as a stalking strangler. He was executed on March 15, 2018 by lethal injection. He was 67 years old at the time of his execution and he was on death row for 34 years. Carlton was born on September 24, 1950 in Columbus, Georgia. Carlton did not have a relationship with his father. He only met his father once in his life at the age of 12. His father did not pay child support or try to contribute in any way. His mother tried to raise him. She was living an impoverished life. Carlton did not grow up in a stable home. He was constantly relocating from home to home. He was malnourished and was usually left with his aunt or great aunt to take care of him. In elementary school, Carlton suffered a serious head injury on the playground, and as a teenager, he became a very heavy drug user, which led him down a rocky path. He was arrested for robbery, arson, and assault between the ages of 14 and 18. Carlton married a woman named Sheila, and they had two children together. The family moved in 1970 to Albany, New York. Soon after the family moved, Carlton robbed and attacked an elderly woman, Marion Brewer, in her hotel room. He strangled her with a pillow. A couple months later, Carlton robbed and strangled 85-year-old Nellie Farmer to death in her own apartment. Carlton attempted assault on his third victim, an elderly woman. However, he was arrested and his fingerprints were a match to the fingerprints left at the scene of Nellie Farmer's murder. Carlton admitted he helped take part in the robbery, but the murderer was John Lee Mitchell. Carlton testified against John in court, and John was charged for the murder. Carlton was only charged with robbery and was sentenced to Onondaga County Correctional Institution. After being paroled in 1975, Carlton moved to Syracuse, New York. He struck again and attacked, raped, and strangled two elderly women. The attacks occurred four days of each other. One victim died and the other victim survived. However, the surviving victim was unable to identify Carlton because she was attacked in the dark.
The victim was able to say her attacker was a black male and she was strangled with a scarf. Carlton was never charged for the crimes, but during this time, he broke his parole and was sent back to prison. He was caught selling coins that were stolen from the same apartment building as one of his surviving victims. On August 22, 1977, Carlton escaped from prison. He saw through the bars of his cell and headed to Columbus, Georgia. Honestly, I don't understand how an inmate can escape prison. This was a low-security prison, but still, come on. On September 16, 1977, only a month after his escape, he raped, beat, and strangled 60-year-old Fern Jackson in her home. She was strangled with a nylon stocking. The stocking was actually found tied around her neck. Over a week later, Carlton struck again. He attacked, raped, and strangled 71-year-old Jean Kamenstein and 89-year-old Florence Schiebel on October 21st. A couple days later, on October 25th, he killed 69-year-old Martha Thurmond. After this, Carlton took a cooling period. He stayed under the radar and had no attacks, but his cooling period didn't last too long. He raped and killed 74-year-old Kathleen Woodruff on December 28th. This killing differed from the others because no stalking was left at the crime scene like the other victims. Carlton took off another cooling period for about a month and a half until he struck again on February 12, 1978. He attempted to attack Ruth Schwab, but she set off a bedside alarm, so he fled the scene. He ran two blocks down the road and broke into another house. Here, he raped and strangled 78-year-old Mildred Borum. A couple months later, on April 20, 1978, he murdered 61-year-old Janet Coffer. So things got very complicated and interesting for police. A man came forward and called himself the forces of evil and threatened the Georgia area. He said he would murder black women if the stalking strangler was not stopped. He also claimed to be holding a black woman captive and said he needed $10,000 to not kill her. This man was William Henry Hans. He did this hoping police would think he was a white vigilante. He was actually covering up three of his own murders. He was arrested on April 4th. He was a black serial killer. I'm noting this because at the time, police knew the serial killer was a black male because one of the surviving victims was able to vaguely give a description and all the victims were white elderly women from the Columbus area. December 1978, Carlton was arrested for armed robbery in South Carolina. He confessed and was sentenced to 21 years in prison. However, he escaped on March 15, 1983. During this time, evidence tied Carlton to the murders. A gun was traced back to Carlton and a fingerprint match as well. Carlton was indicted on May 5, 1984 for the murders. He was sentenced to death on August 26, 1986. Some controversy came up after his sentencing. When Carlton confessed to police, it was not recorded and no notes were found regarding the confession. The confession was written out by a police officer and the confession was unsigned and undated. One key piece of evidence was left out by the prosecutor. A bite mark was found on victim Janet Coffer and allegedly it did not match Carlton's bite mark pattern. The bite mark was found on her left breast. However, the prosecutor said it was irrelevant because Carlton had dental work done in prison after the murder. But in 2007, Carlton was positively matched to the rape and murder of 40-year-old Marion Fisher. He was linked by DNA.
On December 16th, only hours before his original execution, the Georgia Supreme Court halted the execution for a hearing. The hearing was called to determine if DNA tests should be conducted to determine his innocence or if he was guilty. On February 23rd, 2018, a new execution date was set. Carlton was executed on March 15, 2018 by lethal injection. Carlton did not have a requested last meal. He said he would have what everyone else was having for dinner. He had a grilled hamburger, a hot dog, white beans, coleslaw, and a grape beverage. Carlton declined to make a final statement and died at 10.33 p.m. So, I have a question for y'all. If you could pick your last meal what would it be? I'm going to post something on my Instagram tomorrow, so feel free to comment on what your last meal would be. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to subscribe and please rate and review on Apple Podcast. Go follow my Insta at lethal underscore podcast and feel free to shoot me an email at lethal.tcpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for a new case and a new inmate. I'll be covering a new death or inmate in a new state. I'll see you then. All the information used in my podcast came from the following sources. dcor.state.ga.us, Murderpedia, The Atlanta Journal-Constitution by Rhonda Cook. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you all next week.